Hi, I'm Nigel Campbell, editor of Jazz in the Islands magazine, with another episode of Island Jazz Chat, a podcast featuring conversations with Caribbean jazz and pan-jazz musicians based in the islands and the diaspora. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Island Jazz Chat. Today, we have the privilege of speaking to a, I call him a Caribbean music explorer, who's been utilizing his roots, both as, a, both as an Afro-Caribbean and as a Jew, to utilize his Afro-diaspora lens to make our Caribbean jazz global. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jacques Schwarzbach. Jacques, how are you? How are you doing, Nigel? Always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. I'm happy that you're on this conversation that I think our listeners would really and truly appreciate because my take on you, what you've done with the music in terms of finding that those roots of the music, whether it's Goka in Guadeloupe or Racine in Haiti, or even your own Jewish roots and utilizing that, as I call it, I think you call it the Afro-diasporan lens to create a new music that is Caribbean at its soul. I think that's so important. I'd certainly love to share it with our listeners. So again, thanks for being on Island Jazz Chat. So as we do, we normally try to do a kind of chronological conversation. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get into the music business, your jazz music career as it is? Well, uh, first of all, I started uh, playing the Guoka drum, which is uh, the the roots uh, music from Guadeloupe uh, at age four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I, I had a, a, a good curriculum as a student that led me to the School of Government uh, and then to the French Senate. Uh, and I, I was fortunate to, to be able to, to find out really soon that this is not what I wanted. <laughs> and and uh, it turns out that at the same time when I was 24, uh, I encountered the saxophone uh, and I became uh, uh, quite good really fast. As a matter of fact, I played my first uh, uh, gig the day after I started playing because uh, I, I had friends that, that were in the room while I was playing, uh, while I was trying uh, the, the the horn that a friend of mine had uh in her uh uh bedroom and um uh the 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 other guys were were hearing some sounds and i had told them that i you know i had never played the saxophone before yeah. and then they, they were like oh, well why are you bullshitting us you know we we <laughs> we, we actually need a, a saxophone player tomorrow wow. uh uh are you available so that that summer uh, I started uh, playing three, four, sometimes four, t- five times a week in uh, Guadeloupe. Uh, in Guadeloupe, yeah. Recording sessions or live sessions? Uh, ju- ju- just little gigs, you know, like little mm-hmm. parties. Yes. Uh, and and then three years later, uh, I quit my job at uh, the French Senate uh, to audition for Berklee College of Music. 
Uh, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get a, a scholarship that allowed me to stay uh, after that first semester, and I never looked back. And uh, after that, I was uh, uh, fortunate to uh, move to New York and uh, started playing with Roy Hargrove. Important uh, yes. uh, trumpeter, the lead. Mm-hmm. With with whom I, I played in in seven different bands and I recorded uh, three albums uh, with him. And um, then I, I went on to to uh, play a lot with uh, D'Angelo, or, uh, uh, Erica Badu, uh, a lot of uh, new soul as they call it uh, back in yeah, the day. A, a, mm. a lot, a lot of uh, uh, great artists, uh, including. Uh, your own uh, Etienne Charles. Etienne, uh, yes, big up Etienne. Uh, I, I performed a lot, and uh, um, I even uh, uh, produced or co-produced a couple of his albums. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, did you co-produce past... folklore? Just out of curiosity. Y- yes, 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 absolutely. And Creole Soul, were you, were you part of Creole Soul's production? Uh, I played in this one. There, 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 there is an, another one that that I co-produced. I, I don't, I don't remember uh, which one it was. I think that that, that must have been Kaiso. Kaiso, yeah. Uh, and and uh, um, basically, yeah, uh, I, I love Etienne. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what what he's been bringing to the 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 scene, you know, as a Caribbean and a, a jazz visionary. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, uh, well, just thinking about it, that the French Senate's loss is Caribbean music's gain, Caribbean jazz, <laughs> because, well, you just like Etienne, and hopefully we'll have Etienne on our podcast soon, but one of the things that I've noted that you've done is you've, you've discovered, or rediscovered, I should say, those native Caribbean rhythms, right? I remember speaking to Etienne when he had gone to Haiti. I think you took him to Haiti, and when he did his Creole soul, he had this, the, the um, conga rhythm on one of his songs and that kind of stuff, so that... There's this idea, certainly I, I remember thinking about you with your second album, Sone Kala, where you explored those Gwoka rhythms and incorporated it with, you know, with a, a jazz lens, a jazz focus to create new music. How did that become part of your DNA to start exploring the roots of Caribbean existence and putting it into jazz? Uh, as, as I said, you know, uh, Gwoka music was, was really my first love uh you know i started playing it at four and uh i was really fortunate to to be uh musically groomed by some of the masters uh, mm-hmm. uh like Conquet or uh master carno uh who not only showed me you know the rhythms and how to play the drums but but uh talked to me about the history of that music and 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 uh, uh at the same time um, I, I was already into jazz very early on in my childhood, and and uh, uh, for me, I, I, I saw the continuum. You know, I, I I saw how those two musics, uh, musical styles connected naturally, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, when when I became a jazz musician, you know, after I took on the saxophone, uh, it, it it was it was a mission of mine to uh try to merge those two worlds in into my creation uh uh we we uh, you know i didn't have a reference uh 
in that regard. So it was kind of difficult to find uh, the right balance, you know, uh, what kind of harmony, uh, how much of the melodic uh, uh, styles of uh, Caribbean music and Gregor music did I want to uh, put into it, but still make it making it uh, uh, modern enough in the composition, you mm-hmm. know, uh, w- w- which part did I want to uh, leave for improvisation, uh, how much that want to de- de- deconstruct the rhythms themselves in order to uh, bring maybe some uh, a lot more abstraction into it. You know, sometimes turn a 4-4 four, four into a 5-4, so mm. turn a 12-8 a in, uh, in, into some type of 7-4, you know, things like this that, uh, that, that have actually become uh, devices that I can apply now to uh, all of my creations, I always deconstruct and deconstruct, deconstruct something, yeah, b- b- based on 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 the traditional uh, Caribbean uh, music. Yeah, that's important. Um, I'm just thinking that, as you said, there were no, you didn't have any guides beyond the Goka masters, certainly in terms of the jazz fusion. Yeah. The, uh, so almost you're almost pioneering in this in this effort of doing that certain Caribbean fusion with those, let's call it the African retention in the French Antilles, as I say, the Gokan, and later with, with um, Racine music and the rhythms of Haiti. We'll get to that soon. But um, I just want to like, kind of start at the beginning in terms of your solo recording career. I know you had already done work with Roy Hargrove and you had worked with some of those neo-soul artists, um, Erika Badu, D'Angelo. But in 1999, you released your first solo album, Immersion. Mm-hmm. 
how did that come about in terms of your interaction with the re- re- recording industry? That was, you got into the business of making music as it was, as a solo artist. How did that come so, about? So, to be honest, uh, I, I never saw myself uh, as potentially recording uh, any of my own music at the mm-hmm. time uh, because uh, being a late bloomer, um, I had a uh the imposter complex uh mm-hmm. thinking that, that I really didn't belong there in the first place uh ne- next to th- those jazz giants or those neo soul giants and 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 somehow they 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 were kind of calling me by mistake and they were going to find out uh the truth uh on stage and 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 send me back home so uh, uh the 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 idea of recording anything on my own was not really in, in entering my mind at, at the time and then uh, i was uh, approached uh, uh by this label uh, out of uh, uh spain uh mm-hmm. to uh, uh do my first uh recording mm-hmm. i didn't really know how to approach it i i had a bunch of compositions uh uh you know that that I would just put in my uh in my files n- mm-hmm. not not thinking that that I would ever do anything with them mm-hmm. and and uh I, I started thinking you know more in terms of conception composition at that time and um uh so <clears throat> it, it was it was uh really interesting for me to to finally record my my first album because uh, I, I felt the weight of uh, being a band leader for the first time. Ah, the management of a of a group on the bandstand and Sydney. You, you recorded that album in one day. Is that I think I read? Yeah, yeah in one day. In one yeah. day, you recorded an album. Yeah. The good old days of we only have X amount of studio time and you have X amount of dollars in the budget. Go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and 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 uh, uh, I, I I realized how crippling it was to feel the weight of of leadership. Mm. You know, because you have to think of so many things outside of just playing your horn. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and uh, so that that was my first taste of that. Uh, of course, I, I, after I recorded that that album and played a few gigs around it. You know, uh, I, I, I remained for a long time a sideman. Uh, yeah, I noticed, I think, in the 2000s, we were Kenneth Roy at that point. In yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, uh, I, I, I started playing with Roy in, in 97. Mm-hmm. So two years before my first album. Uh, and and uh uh, even though I was playing with Michelle and Degochil, all those people, James Hurt, I, I never stopped playing with uh, Roy. Even though it it might not be like you know every month, but uh, uh, Roy always kept me in 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 the loop, you know, and in, in, mm. in all of his bands, you know, from quintet to sextet to septet to big band to uh, uh, his. Uh, Chris Hall, Latin band, and and then eventually w- when uh, he created the 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 Irish Factor, mm-hmm. uh, he really wanted me to be a, a part of it, and uh, I ended up uh, um, composing 
the song that became the the single uh forget regret mm-hmm. uh performed actually by, by my wife uh, uh Stephanie McKay your wife when did you meet your wife just to ask your business as it was actually uh we were both guests uh on a, uh an album by this, this uh famous uh band at the time uh soul live uh okay. soul alive soul live soul live okay uh-huh. and, and and uh uh so we we met on the bandstand <laughs> and uh and it was uh, love at first sight <laughs> yeah you know and and uh she needed a ride home and i i had a ride basically there you go <laughs> we would get any further <laughs> and you all did an album together i think um some years later rise above is that the name of the album absolutely that's that's yeah. the name of the album wonderful and um uh now uh when 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 it comes to Yeah, uh do, doing this this uh Irish factor with uh, with Roy. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it was it was a special experience because um there there was pretty much unlimited studio time and and and, and it was kind of strange uh because you know Roy would w- would sometimes come late or not come and mm-hmm. you know it it uh we 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 would play uh uh a few things on on a track and then come back five hours later to add uh an, an extra detail you know it, it was and uh, I, i had never worked like that you know mm-hmm. in, in so the process in, was different the the process was very different you know uh uh and uh, up until today also you know when when i record an album uh um i have everything like really prepared in in mm-hmm. in, in the my, most minute detail and you know I go in uh with with a strategy and everything and I uh, it was interesting for me to see Roy's <laughs> imagination just like you know in action uh mm-hmm. with uh with no real preparation and and, and and jazz is the art of surprise you yeah, you, you it, invent it, it, on the bandstand so i guess you know, it was doing it, that, yeah. each uh, it, each each artist has 
their own process, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, I've I had heard of uh, Miles showing up in the studio without music, before. without music, yes, yeah, you kind know? of blue, famously, yeah, yeah, uh, and and uh, uh, having just you know having cats just bring tunes and that that would be tried on uh, on the spot and 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 that 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 was my my taste of that basically yeah. i think one of the things that you kind of comes from this this um episode was the kind of notion of an unlimited budget and i know that your second album sonne kala that was on universal france is that correct uh it was on universal uh period and uh Universal uh, period, all right. Mm. Uh, because and, I'm thinking, and, uh, do you had were you still operating with the minute detail management for Sonekala, or did you have a certain amount of leeway to keep trying things? I'm thinking. I, I had I had a pretty much an unlimited budget for this one, but 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 uh, um, my my way of thinking was was the same. I I wanted to because you know. Uh, and, and, and unlike uh, other band leaders like like Roy, I imagine, uh, you know, being a band leader was new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 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 as I said, it, it was uh, it was really crippling mentally, be, because uh, I, I'm as I never imagined myself in that position, and and and, and uh, then. You know, I had my single that that, that my, my song that became the single, and 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 then uh, Universal signed me. All all those things, you know, I I could not conceive. So uh, that that that's why I really needed, you know, in order to secure myself psychologically, to have a a written plan for for each song and for each day and everything. And and uh and, and it worked out for me because that that uh, Sonekala album, which which was my, my first full exploration of Goka and jazz, you know, uh, uh, based on 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 all the um, the attempts that 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 I had uh, made uh, of that style for o- almost like 15, 20 years at that at that that stage, you know. That point. Uh, uh, that 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 album. Uh, kind of established my name uh, on the on the jazz scene.
Was Abyss your second your album after in 2008? Was that also a further exploration of yeah? Luca? Because I yeah. am, I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I can't get my hands on that album. Oh, really? <laughs> really? I don't know oh, why. I I you probably... why that one uh, then. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, be, yeah. Abyss was the second one, absolutely, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was also uh, a tribute to the memory of my dad who had passed away in, in between. In that period of time, yes, I understand. Yeah, um, I, I wanted there are a couple of things that I noted in when I was preparing for this in terms of your recordings. Every album seemed to be on a, a different label. That's one thing I noted, and the other thing though was that from two thousand and six going forward, basically every two years you made a record, right? So two thousand and six was Sonic Color, Abyss was two thousand and eight, two thousand and ten the album you did with your wife Stephanie McKay, Rise Above. Art of Dreaming in 2012 was that a that's a quintet or quartet album? Tell me about yes. Art of Dreaming. Yeah, it it was a quartet album uh, uh, with uh, European musicians and and uh, among which uh, the the very brilliant uh, pianist Baptiste Trottignon mm. uh, and and uh, uh, that that uh, that album what was. Uh, uh, kind of in the same vein as immersion it it had a uh, uh, direct link to the modern jazz scene mm-hmm. uh with with hints of caribbean uh grooves but mud, it was not like a, a fully uh caribbean jazz album it, it was really the, a jazz project modern jazz project mm-hmm. with well, you know flavors of uh, caribbean music yeah. because i cannot do anything w- 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 without uh, filtering in some of 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 that music that that uh, that that I grew up on.
But uh, and and uh, it, it was a, um, a a good way to also reconnect with my instrument uh, mm -hmm. because uh, uh, during the the years of uh, touring with Sonekala and Abyss, uh, I didn't you know spend a lot of time uh, practicing practicing my instrument. Wow. You know? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I was just writing music mm -hmm. or or signing contracts or on the phone uh setting up the next gig the next, and uh, you're doing uh, the business of music and touring I got you exactly you know yeah. and, and uh, uh in in um in, in during that period that followed my 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 fourth album mm -hmm. uh, uh um I started feeling the need to grow as a as an instrumentist. Mm. Uh, so, so you had to perfect your saxophone effectively. Yeah. And, and that, that that's, that, that's a, a growth period as a saxophonist that I'm still uh, trying to, to pursue today, actually. Got you. Um, I'm just, a, just a follow up on that idea of your concept that you needed to grow. Were you getting criticisms by jazz aficionados or reviews that told you about your saxophone playing, or they just focus on what what you're creating in terms of um, goka jazz and your straight ahead jazz with art of dreaming. Was anybody saying that your saxophone playing was not good, or was that a personal um, belief that your saxophone instrumentation had to improve? You know, I just want uh, wanted to 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 get better at it. Got you. Uh, uh, th there were things and concepts that I wanted to explore, and and I realized that uh, it would take time to mm. uh, bring them inside my playing. Mm. You know, I, 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 there 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 are concepts that are simple mm -hmm. that that you can just decide to work on a little bit and 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 apply them right away, and mm -hmm. others that that really. Uh, challenge you and and that 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 require uh, extra practicing time in gotcha. in order to implement them and and that's that's where I was I, I was thinking of the saxophone differently and and uh, it it re it would require some time to make that happen basically. 
I got you. Well, in 2014, you did an album, which I think is, well, in my personal opinion, the most important album. Not, I'm, saying it's, I'm not saying your other albums aren't good, but it, it cemented something that I thought was necessary in jazz, jazz Racine Haiti, where you incorporated, um, I wouldn't say rara music, but I would suggest the, the chants and the rituals of Haitian voodoo, voodoo music, let's call it what it is. And again, utilizing your jazz lens was able to create music and utilizing those those chants and lyrics to create an album that spoke about what Haiti really is, as opposed to what the media says it is. And it's a creative space. It's a space where the African is in the Caribbean, where the African is in New World. Tell me about the the conception of that album and how you how you created the album Jazz Racine Haiti. So first of all, I received voodoo music at birth through my mother because she. I had uh, several uh, beautiful albums of voodoo music at, at, at the, the time uh, with the, the, the amazing, amazing singer Martha, Jean-Claude, uh, uh, Le Coeur Simidor, Tiwowo. And, and, and so, so I was introduced to that music uh, as, as part of being alive. Mm. Uh, it's your birthright. The, exactly. So, so uh, as a matter of fact, you know, w- when I started talking to some of my friends, uh, my Haitian friends in the in New York at the time, uh, I realized how much I had absorbed of that culture, uh, and and specifically the voodoo uh, repertoire. You know, uh, it, it 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 was like. I had been in- initiated uh, without even knowing it, <laughs> mm. uh, and 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 uh, um, I I was uh, thinking, you know, while I was doing uh, guoka and jazz, you know, that that at some point I might try to do something with this other other heritage that I that I had received, you know, the, the voodoo music heritage. Uh but but uh not being born in Haiti, I, I felt like it was not my birthright. Mm-hmm. Uh and 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 uh then the strangest thing happened. Uh I went to Morocco okay mm-hmm. uh and, and played uh um with the Kunawa people mm-hmm. and they have a, a a a type of voodoo ritual uh and 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 the musical style uh that 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 is re- that reflects their spirituality and one of the the leaders and and most brilliant uh musicians uh Amid uh, uh, Al Kasri uh took me for a ceremony, yes, and uh, and uh, he told me that that uh, uh, he doesn't he didn't feel that that I was foreign to his world. He saw that I, I had I, I was bring I, I was carrying the Orisha in me mm. from, from somewhere mm. uh, in 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 um, in Gunawa uh, lingo. They they called jinns. Genie, I think Westerns will call it a genie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and, and I was like, you know, what, where, where, how, how, 
how is that possible? And and then I was like, of course, this is from from voodoo. From voodoo, yeah. You know, it's it's the same roots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same. You know, uh, roots to 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 all those different styles of uh, of uh, spirituality. You know, it's called Loa here, yeah. Orisha here, mm-hmm. Jins there, but 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 it's the same. Basically, pantheon of yes. of, of, of our spirits and deities, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 uh, if if somebody foreign to the Caribbean can see that in me, yeah, it's there. That means that it's there, and 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 that that I have the right to to claim it. There you go, mm-hmm. and you did, and I did. Uh, uh, I I did ask my Haitian friends in in New York what they thought of it though, mm-hmm. and, and they, they say like, they were like, "You should absolutely go for it." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we 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 you know we we would love to to hear you apply your uh, Sonekala uh, mindset to to voodoo music, and I was like, "Okay, well, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, let, let let me try it," and that's. That's what I did. Uh, I gathered, uh, you know, the the talents of uh, several voodoo priests that that I knew in New York, uh, mm-hmm. Bonga, uh, Jean Baptiste, uh, Errol Josué, mm-hmm. yeah, Josué, and, yeah. I know and, that name. He was on and, your friend's album. We'll talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. And 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 uh, uh, I, I started uh, also investigating beyond what i already knew of voodoo music mm. and, and I, I wanted to really uh understand not only the history but uh uh have m- almost like an encyclopedic uh, knowledge mm-hmm. of, of the different styles of, of voodoo chants mm-hmm. and voodoo rhythms yes uh, and and start exploring how i could uh proceed with three uh ways of doing things one would be just arranging some of those songs mm-hmm. uh, another one would be uh a comp- a combination of arrangement and composition where i would you know dialogue w- with the tradition mm-hmm. uh uh and, and 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 the the third would be taking some aspects of traditional voodoo music and create outright a composition.
Yes, yeah. I have to admit that that had an influence. I, I don't want to keep calling his name, Etienne Charles, when he did his Creole Soul album. Let me understand, part of your process is that you you created the music first and then and performed it live and then recorded it. Is that what happened? Or you just kind of created the music and went in the studio and then w- performed it live outside? Which one came first for Jazz Rassi in Haiti? Uh, I, I'm, I tested some of my arrangements uh you know in 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 the uh re- rehearsal setting though in rehearsal setting okay yeah. I, I, we, we we and and then uh i set up uh a, a, a gig which was a, a a major festival uh in in paris that's what i think that's what i saw i saw i saw a film of something that was on youtube where it seemed as though you did a performance before you went into the recording studio so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then we we had that 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 big performance, mm-hmm. uh, and and then after that performance, uh, we went to the recording studio. Did you go to Pop Jazz Haiti to perform this music? Because I I know that yeah. you went there with with Etienne. Yeah, I, I, I actually, uh, we we did uh, not only that big um, Paris festival, but we we did a series of uh, concerts with that band. Before getting to the studio, into the studio, yes, that's that's intriguing to understand that creation process because I know, as as I said, we we talk about it. You had done some other projects that where the creation of the project became a live endeavor that you worked out and performed, and then you recorded it kind of at the end. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm happy that you were able to utilize that process of creation, performance, perfection and then recording because I think it's the kind of thing that we need so that we capture for the record our creativity and our output and that kind of stuff. I think that's so, so important and kudos to you. And as I, I, I think about it and I know that you had gone to Haiti because Etienne Charles told us that um, he had gone to Haiti with you and while there he discovered some of these Haitian rhythms which he incorporated in his album, Creole Soul, I think later that year or following the next year. What was the, what was the response, the critical response to Jazz Rest in Haiti? at that point in your career. Can you tell me about that? It was excellent. You know, uh, uh, it, it helped a lot of people realize that, uh, uh, that voodoo, uh, is, 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 is not, uh, black magic. <laughs> yeah. It's not Hollywood and fiction on zombies. Yeah. That, that <laughs> is a religion. Mm-hmm. It's a religion. Yes. And, and, and it's a spirituality and, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, community building, it, it, it is uh it has a uh civiliz- civilizing uh, uh, effect mm-hmm. you know it, it 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 has actually uh, generated major artistic revolutions not mm-hmm. only uh is, is it the 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 roots of uh, of jazz music mm-hmm. yes uh, tell them Jacques. tell them Yes. But but but, but uh, uh, it it is in a sense uh, sense the 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 roots of uh, um, uh, modern painting uh, concepts uh, like the ones that you see uh, kind of abstract you, art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, a combination of abstract and naive, uh, yeah. like, like 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 Basquiat. Yes, uh, he's a Haitian, you know, which is really, you know, the 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 new standard in painting. 
Correct. Yeah. Basket is the, is the highest. Uh, his, his art was like the most expensive painting by, of contemporary artists. And it's Haitian painting, as you, as you rightly say. Haiti's role within certainly the New World and certainly the Americas is too important. It's been overlooked and overwashed over and, and demonized for all kinds of other reasons, as you say, voodoo being zombie land. And of course, the reparations that they had to pay to France until just in the 21st century. Those kind of things have dominated what Haiti represents. But Haiti is the reason Caribbean nations are free. <laughs> but but when, I, when I talk about voodoo, it's mm-hmm. not only Haitian voodoo. Because mm-hmm. what, when, when, when we say that uh, Picasso uh, was inspired uh, by African mm-hmm. uh, painting and sculptures when he created Cubism, Mm-hmm. Uh, what w- what he was watching and looking at was voodoo art, African voodoo art from Dahomey. Is that the, the from Dahomey, from mm-hmm. Nigeria, from Benin, you know, from Mali? Uh, so so uh, uh, the the impact of voodoo culture. Whether it's is its original African version, which has actually different versions uh, or already variations yes. on African land, but also all the new versions of voodoo that that were uh, that that blossomed in Cuba, in Haiti, in Trinidad, yes, in Brazil. In, Brazil, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Colombia, in Venezuela, yes. yep. in the south of the United States. Correct. Uh, yeah. You know, all, all those different versions of this original African spirituality mm. brought along a made, you know, a, 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 a slew of major cultural and artistic revolutions. Definitely. Uh, uh, and not only. Uh, Actually, artistic, but also religious. L- l- uh, the 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 way um, uh, Jesus is worshipped in 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 uh, in the black church in America mm. Mm. comes directly from voodoo. From voodoo, I hear you. The, the way of preaching, uh, the 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 way of uh, uh, soliciting uh, interaction, mm. you know. With, with, with engagement with, of the higher spirits, as it exactly. was exactly ha- having everybody sing mm-hmm. uh, together, uh, testifying all those things. Uh, the 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 holy the notion of Holy Ghost, it's it's you know it's like uh, spirit riding you in voodoo. So the idea of the African, well, voodoo as let's say, call it the foundation religion or the foundation belief that animated all African retained religions in the Caribbean and in South America, and even in America, the United States, and as well as inspiring cultural shifts in terms of art and music and probably poetry and, and writing is so, so important. And I personally, as I said, I, I think that album is such an important album. And I'm happy to hear that there was a lot of critical, um, a, a, high, a lot of critical praise for the album. Going forward, did, did that um, after jazz wrestling Haiti? How did that affect your career? Just out of curiosity, was it a boost or was it business it, it as was, usual? It, it it was it was a uh, a boost. You know, it, it it's uh, it it introduced uh, my style of writing and playing 
to uh, uh, a new audience, mm. including to a lot of Caribbean people who didn't really dig jazz mm. at this point and, and who kind of found a connection with jazz music through my style of composition. That way of incorporating, as I said, existing religious music. Let's say it what it is. And as you said, you have three either you compose based on the religion, you rearranged, or you did a combination. And I think that, yeah, it makes sense. Because what the thing that happens, certainly chronologically in terms of the recording, is that your next album explored your father's side, his his religion, which is Judaism. And you had an album called Hazan. Explain to me what as what Hazan is and what it represented and how it came out to be finally recorded. Okay, so Hazan in Hebrew means cantor. Cantor, that's a person who, so, who sings, chants in the in So the, that the person the who chants mm-hmm. uh, in the syn- synagogue. Uh, and and uh, the reason why I was uh, I decided to call this album uh, uh, as such is, is that uh, uh, like three, four years prior, uh, I had performed a few of those songs just as a duet with a drummer uh, in in uh, in the synagogue mm-hmm. uh, to 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 celebrate uh, uh, um, a Jewish holiday, and and uh, the rabbi told me that that uh, um, I sounded like a hazan on my saxophone. Ah, oh, I got you. Now I get you. So you, uh, are, you are the cantor. <laughs> so, so I was like. You know, uh, let, let me, first of all, this is such a beautiful, uh, you know, word sonically, hazan. Hazan, yes, it does flow. Yes. It, it, there is something to it. Uh, and and, and uh, uh, using the the letter Z also is, is fascinating to me. Every time I had a, a, I have an opportunity to, <laughs> to use it, you know. Um, okay. I, I didn't understand that, but okay, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> what specifically turned you on about the letter Z? <laughs> it seems like it's rare. It's rare, okay, because jazz it's has two rare. Z's in it. You know, I'm just thinking exactly. So, uh-huh. so that that that's why actually I put an extra Z in Hazan because uh-huh. normally it's 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 spelled with one Z, but as as a reference to jazz. Mm-hmm. I, I put the second Z in the in, in it. Ah, no, it makes sense. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Good to do. Good to do. And, and 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 um uh it was important for me to to pay a proper tribute to my father, uh not only from my point of view, but also from his, mm-hmm. uh, which would be using liturgical music. Uh, from Jewish tradition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So those uh, are original pieces of Jewish music that you re rearrange. Is that what they um exactly? They okay. they they are all uh, arrangements. Even though you know, in some cases, it, the 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 part that I compose is 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 more important uh, in in you know in in quantity mm-hmm. <laughs> in, mm. in proportion. Yes. Uh, then the, the 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 traditional part that I arranged, uh, but but uh, it was basically taking uh, liturgical chants from the Jewish tradition and and uh, uh, turning them into Caribbean jazz compositions. So in a sense, it's it's similar in terms of the conception as with jazz rest in Haiti, where you use your the voodoo music that your mother gave to you at birth. And you use the original um, voodoo chants to compose Afro-Caribbean jazz. And now with Hazan, you similarly did the same thing with your father's Jewish heritage and his, the, the what, what is it called, liturgical music yeah. of the Jewish um, synagogue. Okay, so th- in terms of your compositions and creativity, spirituality, clearly to me, seems to be an important factor in terms of your composition, beyond just rhythms, but actual spirituality and understanding what it represents and the music that had been created centuries ago. Am I accurate in that? Yes, I, I, I really always felt that uh, spirituality uh, was such a strong inspiration uh, for for musicians in, in general, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a specific religion, but just... The, the 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 power the spiritual power that comes from music mm-hmm. uh is undeniable you know uh you you could be an agnostic or even an atheist mm-hmm. uh and and still describe uh what you feel through music in 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 spiritual terms got you i i watched an interview that you did with um france 24 in english I think mm-hmm. you are doing a gig in um you had just released Hazan and the interviewer asked you asked your question a direct question do you believe in god <laughs> right and you gave an answer well, if you choose if you want to repeat you can give it a repeat but i think spirituality may, meant a lot more to you than religion kind of certainly the organized religions that we've had for millennia as it was uh, is so spirituality is very important to you and your creativity correct absolutely you know uh- I, I don't adhere to the human uh, definition of uh, God. I got you. I got uh, you. I, I, I think uh, uh, just the concept of uh, of God is 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 beyond human reach. Ah, okay. Well, you know, that plus and, organized religion has done a lot of bad things to African people, but that's a whole other topic. But and, I hear and, what you're saying. And 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 uh, uh but but uh, you know, I I think that we all feel spirituality in different manners, mm-hmm. in different ways, and and each uh, organized religion uh is a, a, a fulfills two functions: one to uh, account for that 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 uh, feeling of spirituality that we all feel, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, 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 exert power over a certain community. Got you. Uh, and 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 uh, uh, that that's the part that that uh, uh, I naturally rebel 
uh, again. You know, I, I just, uh, you know, my, the, on both my, my my black and my Jewish sides, uh, we, we have histories of slavery. So freedom is really essential to the way I live my life. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I cannot be put in in some type of uh, a box uh, or a silo or something. Uh, so, yeah. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, this, so, so uh, that's why uh, my main way uh, of, of, of celebrating spirituality is through creativity, through musical creation. Got you. Um, as I said, you had been making records every two years and there was a project because you had also noted that you, you create a project, you do it live and then you go and record and there was a project, um, you'll tell me whether or not it is ever coming to record, but I remember reading about it and Creole Spirits with Omar Sosa, Cuban pianist, which seemed very promising to me and recognized another aspect of Caribbean heritage, that Cuban space. You talked about Haiti being a foundation of jazz. I think Cuba is the other foundation island as it was. Tell me about the Creole Spirits project. And tell me about the possibility of a, a recording, if you don't mind. So, uh, th- this was a project uh, co-created uh, with uh, Omar Sosa, the Cuban piano player. And the idea was to create a dialogue between Haitian and uh, Cuban uh, uh, African spirituality. Spirituality once again. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. This is this is what it is. I apologize. <laughs> that's that's your creative spirit. That's what is happening. And, 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 and uh, so yeah. we we mm-hmm. we were following the different phases of, of uh, both uh, uh, um, Lukumi, you know, uh, Cuban uh, Yoruba ceremony mm-hmm. and 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 uh, a voodoo ceremony from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with the different deities mm-hmm. that co- that that uh, correspond to actually the 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 the, the same spirits but named differently between Haiti and Cuba uh, and 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 uh, uh, that that was uh, uh, basically a whole procession uh, of of chants that 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 uh, developed in 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 into a uh, spiritual Yoruba uh, uh, s- ceremony, mm. and 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 uh, it, it it was a, a project that uh, uh, was full of passion, full of colors, uh, and it was uh, a pan Caribbean project, uh, basically that that encompasses really all that the Caribbeans are about for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the noblest way, um, uh, there the, there were little uh, problems that occurred uh, between different members of the band mm-hmm. uh, when it came to recording, mm-hmm. uh, because we had planned to record, uh, and and uh, that kind of pushed back the project uh, to. I would say an, an undetermined date. <laughs> uh, date to be uh, determined. I got you. I got you. But but, but so so it, it's it's temporarily on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, I I really think that uh, 
we we're going to get back to it as i said reading on the project and and seeing the the concert or the preparatory concerts i was very excited about that piece of music and that that whole project because i thought ah this is something else once again jacques is taking elements of of caribbean presence because as much as the african presence is here the caribbean puts something in it the people who are here in the caribbean right uh, Undeniably. Yeah, so the, that is Caribbean creativity at its ultimate. Omar Sosa, uh, amazing piano player and spiritual guy. As if you know who he is. If you heard his music, you've seen him. And Jacques was exploring this from a, from a different angle, but understanding what spirituality is and understanding what Afro-Caribbean music is. I thought, ah, here we go. Uh, but as you said, it's on a temporary hold and we could only hope and pray that it happens in the future because... That is the kind of effort that Caribbean creatives have to do. Yes, we operate in a musical environment where we have to sell a million records or we have to be very popular. But I think the Caribbean is what I call a niche creative space. Everything that comes out of the Caribbean has to be of very high quality. And you certainly are doing it, right? So kudos to you on that. And we continue down the road of your chronology. Um, your next album in 2018 was Shijin. Am I pronouncing that correctly? A quartet yes. album. And I understand that was made in layers. So people came in in different layers and added their pieces and created a whole. Tell me about that project because that sounds creatively almost risky and almost, you know, almost was, like a, a real adventure. It was basically uh, a very risk uh, oriented uh, type of project. And, and that's one of the aspects that was fascinating about it, where uh, uh, we, we decided with, with, Three musicians from Europe uh, to 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 uh, add layer after layer uh, the different parts of each composition and and, and uh, starting with bass and drums mm-hmm. uh, the, then then uh, the the harmony and, and and the different sometimes melodies through the piano uh, and and uh, eventually. Uh, I, I, I would create melodies uh, on top of all this and, and, and play solos.
and and, and uh, it, it it was it was really a thrill to to do it and then to perform it, uh, and eventually, I had to 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 stop touring with the band uh, because it, it was conflicting uh, with uh, another project that I had created. Uh, in in the meanwhile, with what which was uh, Sonicala Two. Yes. Oh my God, I forgot Sonicala Two. Oh no, yeah, it's coming up next. Yes. So that was your follow up album to Shijin, Sonicala Two. Yeah, and and, and Sonicala Two kind of uh, took off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good music. And 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 and, and uh, you know, uh, it, it was uh, it was more representative of who I am as a you know, as a, 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 my, 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 the essence of who I am. As oh, yeah, a yeah. A Caribbean jazz, I wouldn't say explorer, but certainly a Caribbean jazz musician in the real sense, understanding his space in the Caribbean. So Sonicala 2 is effectively a follow-up or is it a kind of extension of the original Sonicala? How did that happen? Uh, the, it, it was more of a, a, a an evolution Evolution, good word. Okay, got you. Uh, rather than the, the next in extension, because uh, mm. uh, uh, I, I took some of the same premises, mm-hmm. uh, the relationship between the simple and the complex, the mm. relationship between bass uh, and 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 drums, and how they they need to be complementary. Uh, the use of a certain type of harmony, uh, and 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 added to that uh, uh, a melody concept that with with larger intervals. Mm. Something else I heard was you added some electronics and, so that and, you manipulated and, the sound of your saxophone, and that was part of is that, is that part of the evolution? Uh, absolutely, that 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 was that was part of it as well. You know, I went deeper in into the manipulation of uh, sounds and 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 brought uh, you know uh, uh, harmonizers uh, and different different effects uh, mm-hmm. on 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 the horn, and also I had a more electric keyboard here and there mm-hmm. uh, in the mix, you know, and so so all, all and and the 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 most important part of it was that each melody was uh, carried both by the saxophone and the female voice of Malika yes. Tirolia. Malika Tirolia, yes, because I did a review of that album. I, I, I'm not remembering it. She basically echoed your horn in terms of her vocal. It was wordless vocals, but she was an echo to your to your horn. Am I correct on that? The, 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 the melodies were doubled mm-hmm. with mm. horn and, 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 and voice. So, and voice. So, so mm-hmm. the, 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 there was the this uh the sound that came from that blend of human voice and saxophone uh on each melody gotcha. and and, and that, that that was that was the general concept uh that 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 kind of changed the the overall sound of, mm-hmm. of the the music
you. As I said, one of the things Jack have recognized, uh, just as a, as a kind of sidebar, we've been mentioning in your parents' name, and I just want to put this on the record. Jacques' parents are, are authors, famous authors, Simone Schwarzbach, Guadalupe author, and Andre Schwarzbach. Yes, they're both French, but they're equally celebrated authors in the diaspora, in France, in the world. Just wanted to put that out there. And I'm thinking that within that household, there was a certain amount of, I, I don't want to use the word intelligence, but there was a certain amount of creativity and a certain amount of ideas that were floating around that you obviously had to impact with, as well as getting initiation in Goka that certainly put you in a, in a space that may be at a different level to the kind of average contemporary Caribbean jazz musician who just picks up his instruments, practices it all day, in, imbibes the kind of music that is around him and releases a record, you know, to fame or to otherwise, right? Um, as I said, I think the, the way that you compose, the way that you have arranged traditional Caribbean music, traditional Caribbean rhythms, ancient African religions, the way they've utilized spirituality, whether it's on your father's side or your mother's side, is so important to what your role is as a Caribbean musician. I'm going to say it again, kudos to you, and I think that's so important for you. Um, you have projects in the future. We, you and I, before this interview, spoke about a particular project. I'm not going to repeat it here because I think it's still a work in progress, but there's something that you're going to be releasing certainly before the end of the year, I hope. The Harlem Suite, am I correct on that? Yes, actually, it's coming out pretty soon in, in, in at the end of March. End of March, okay. Oh, so you can give uh, me a copy to review. <laughs> and and, and uh, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm going to send you uh, a link uh, mm. because I, I received uh, from the label uh, Ropodope the authorization to to share that link. To share the link, okay. So you're on the Ropodope label. So yeah. once again, you're on another label. I, I have to admit. <laughs> As from a, looking at this from a business point of view, you're probably doing the right thing. Don't get too in bed with one label. You're in charge of your music and let whoever is interested in distributing music do it. Yeah. So tell me about the Harlem Suite. So uh, as as you might know, um, I am kind of a unique case uh, uh, when it comes to people from uh, the small Caribbeans uh coming to new york and and playing uh with, with the greatest musicians of our time mm -hmm. uh and and uh uh especially starting as late as i did uh you were in your twenties when you started with the saxophone uh, I, I was twenty four yeah okay uh, mm. and 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 uh so it was really an adventure uh and 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 uh as, as uh i became uh more comfortable with writing music, I started uh, marking each event with some type of composition mm -hmm. uh, while I was living in, in Harlem, which 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 uh, 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 lasted about twenty years. And and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, when I, when I decided to finally move out of Harlem to 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 go to Boston and start teaching at, at Berkeley. Uh, in hindsight, I realized that all those compositions uh, uh, related to to Harlem and 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 uh, my relationship with the New York scene were in itself uh, a body of work. Mm, okay, uh, that that I called the Harlem Suite. In terms of your composition, were you finding any kind of 
echoes of the Caribbean, because Harlem had a history where Caribbean people were important, certainly during the Harlem Renaissance. But were you doing that, or was it just contemporary Harlem that you were getting your ideas from for the Harlem Suite? So so the, those are the compositions that were not part of my Caribbean repertoire. Okay, got gotcha. That I was writing uh, based on uh, inspiration from music, from bl- Black American music. Hmm. And my involvement in it, because throughout the years, I, I, I played with hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of, of great bands uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I was a freelance musician, and and every given uh, week, I, I would play with, with with a bunch of different uh, uh, great artists from New York, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Harlem, most of the time, mm-hmm. and 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 that, that fed into my creative process not only to to help me imagine my uh, afro-caribbean jazz concept but then also develop simply my jazz concept mm. and, and 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 uh 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 all the compositions that that mark the different uh phases of my evolution as a jazz musician but are not part of my caribbean repertoire mm. uh became in hindsight the Harlem Suite. The Harlem Suite. Okay. So it's a reflection of where you were as opposed to who you are. And this is just me, this is me riffing here. Where you yeah. were was Harlem and we were surrounded in a contemporary Harlem with African American influences and, and and ideas. And you reflected no, I, on that intelligently it, it, and created compositions. Go ahead, you were going to say something. I apologize. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I interrupted you, sorry. Uh uh it could be uh it could be subtitled a Guadalupean in New York. Ah, I like that. <laughs> the island interloper. Yes. <laughs> with, the, with the Caribbean eye. Yeah. You know, in a sense, uh, there have been writers who have done that kind of thing, but you, your understanding, because I'm based on our conversation so far, you, you're deeply embedded in a kind of Caribbean spirituality and you understand your place in the world. So you lived in New York for as long as you have lived in New York. You lived in Harlem, you said, for about 20 years. That Harlem history that had Claude McKay back in the early 20s as a Caribbean person and all those early Caribbeans who were radicals, they used to call them in America, who came through that Harlem system, that was not so much what impacted you in terms of your creativity for the Harlem suite, but more of a contemporary Harlem, but utilizing your... The, the word that you created, I, I love the word Afro-diasporian. <laughs> Afro-diasporian, I. I love that phrase. I love that word, Afro-diasporian. This will be interesting. So when is that album going to be released? You said in March? March 30. Uh, is that 31st? or thir- Are there, yeah, are there 31 I, days in March? Yeah, there are 30, 31 days in March. It's the last day in March, right? The so so it has to be a 31st, yeah. yeah so the last day in March. And you're going to be on the Rupa Dope label. Absolutely. And... and uh, uh, the, the the those are uh seven original compositions and three arrangements uh of, of uh jazz standards mm-hmm. but with with, with uh, I would say a combination of uh uh, uh afro caribbean and 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 uh and and hip hop vibe Hey, you were contemporary. You were doing your soul before anybody else. I hear you. You're a modern Caribbean in the in the. Um, you're a modern Caribbean in a, in a modern America. The notion there's this conversation that's happening in Trinidad, where we talk about the diaspora. There was a diaspora that went certainly in the sixties and seventies, 
who effectively said, well, I'm an American now. Yes, I'll come home for carnival and Trinidad, but they, they, they follow American football. They do all these kind of things. And they become Americans, yet still, they, some may retain their accents, so you know that they're Trinidadians. But there, there's others, a modern group, who wave the Caribbean flags, understand why they're in America, but certainly are making sure that they put their stamp, their Caribbean stamp on whatever they do. So there's a kind of change in the way that Caribbean people have, are viewing now the Caribbean. They're not rejecting it wholesale as a place to flee from, but you know, as a place to be inspired by. Go ahead. If, if, if there is maybe one good thing that I've done in my, in, in my life, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's uh, uh, a firm that uh, you can be uh, a jazz musician in America and mm-hmm. still stay true to your Caribbean roots. And be successful. Yes, quite so. I have to admit, some Cuban musicians are doing it. I've, 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 I understand that Latin jazz was really created in the Bronx. So there was this kind of notion that although we came from Cuba and, and Dominican Republic, we are in America, but we've held on to our heritage. I've always said that hip-hop was created by Caribbean musicians, right? But they didn't play the music of their parents. They just created something brand new. Right. But certainly you as an example, although you you were born in the Caribbean, but there's a a growing understanding that you can be true to who you are, which in your case is an Afro-Caribbean Jew. (laughs) Can I say that? I don't know if that's politically correct. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold back. (laughs) I'm going to get I'm going to get canceled. But you can you can retain that sense of who you are and put it out there and get a, a market and an audience to accept it and make you what you are you said that you're at berkeley so tell me about you're now teaching at berkeley um college of music is that your future for jack Schwarzbach? well yes uh you know it, it's it's uh it's a great opportunity to start uh uh giving back mm-hmm. you know and sharing uh the the knowledge and and hopefully wisdom uh mm-hmm. that that uh, i have accumulated uh through all my experiences mm. you know uh uh, I, um, I used to do it just uh, uh, when, when I um, I would do master classes and uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, but now I can really do that on, on a daily basis mm. and and, and uh, uh, prepare those young talented musicians uh, for the actual reality mm. of uh, being a touring musician. Uh, which really nobody prepared me for while I was in Berkeley myself. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, and there are many aspects of it that, that uh, you know, uh, I had to really find uh, out for myself and by myself. Mm. Uh, Through you in the I deep thought, end, as it was, as you said, you said your first album, you, were, you became a leader of a band without any knowledge and understanding and it was a burden. So, I'm glad Absolutely. you're passing on that that information. Are you teaching them Goka jazz and Racine jazz in Berkeley? Absolutely. Uh, I created an ensemble called the Afro-Caribbean Jazz Ensemble. Mm. And uh, so far, I've mainly uh, been teaching my own music mm. in that ensemble. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm planning on, on uh, uh, also starting to teach uh, other uh afro-caribbean uh jazz musicians music that that i that i admire mm-hmm. um so uh it, it it's 
it has uh, been an education for a, a lot of jazz musicians. A lot of them actually advanced uh, jazz musician to understand that there is a, a, a perspective on music mm-hmm. uh, that that is different than uh, Afro Cuban Afro Cuban music. Yeah. And 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 actually very different from our Afro Cuban music that comes from the the, the small islands. That's correct. Yeah. Whether they're French based or English speaking based, whether it's Jamaica, Trinidad, wherever, you're correct. And as I said, kudos to you for doing that, for carrying on the idea of what it is. I, I, there's this, not there's this. We, I've written and some other writers have talked about jazz in the Caribbean and Caribbean jazz as being two different things. And we had written that specifically about the festivals, those festivals that we had in the Caribbean, St. Lucia and otherwhere. But I, I think there's a, I personally think there's a thing called Caribbean jazz. And it does include the music of Cuba and DR and Puerto Rico, as well as the Francophone, Haiti, Guadeloupe, Martinique, and of course, and, and the English speaking. And I've discovered some new music out of Curacao. But all of those musicians are now resident in, in Amsterdam. But they utilize the tumba rhythm, which is native to Curacao. And you have shown the importance of Goka rhythm. You've shown the importance of voodoo music. We've had, well, Monty has done his Jamaican music. Etienne has incorporated Calypso, among others. We have a number of musicians of your ilk. Ron Reed is also at Berkeley, I understand yourself. Leon Foster Thomas was at Miami. Etienne is now in Miami. I'm happy that you all, as Caribbean musicians, are now in a position where you can teach the music. And teaching music outside of Afro-Cuban music, kudos to you again for that. This has been a wonderful conversation. Any closing remarks you want to give us? Because we're kind of wrapping up our conversation in terms of your future projects or in terms of your continued perspective on Caribbean jazz music. So uh, beyond strictly music, uh, I mean, strictly making music, I I am uh, in the process of uh, completing uh, a very uh, heavy project that that involves uh, documentary, uh, uh, ethnomusicology, uh, and music. You know, uh, it's called the Mosaic Project. Uh, that 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 was uh, uh, celebrated by the Creative Capital uh, Award. Mm-hmm, in 2022 mm-hmm. and uh um it will probably take me about five years to complete that project but it will take me all over the afro diasporic world that uh, <laughs> and, and and uh I, I will not say too much about it because uh i don't like to talk too much about things that are not completed understood but, understood but, mm-hmm. but 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 stay tuned for this one mm-hmm. i think uh it will resonate uh, with uh, a lot of people uh, from our world. Not a problem. So Afro-diasporic music, effectively, and it's a grand project, I'm understanding. You mentioned this documentary and, of course, music. And I would suggest put a book, hey, if you're looking for a writer. Hello. But um, I, I, I appreciate what you're doing. In terms of your recordings, and March, the end of March, you'll be releasing a new album, um, The yeah, Harlem Suite on Ropodope Records. And your catalog is still existing. You can get all is all your music on streaming. I know there's a big debate among jazz musicians putting their music on streaming. Are you there uh, on streaming yeah. platforms? Yeah, they 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 are. Uh, I think all my albums should be uh, on Apple uh, mm. Music and uh, Spotify Amazon. and others, Amazon and that Spotify, kind of stuff. Yeah, got you. That's important. 
I just want to thank you immensely for this conversation because it you represent, as I said, one of the grand what a Caribbean jazz musician is supposed to be about. In, in addition to skill, understanding himself and understanding how important Caribbean people are in the Americas and certainly in the world. I thank you for this conversation. Jack, all the best. I am Nigel Campbell. Thank you so much, Nigel. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I have to say, uh, I admire your work. Uh, I try. And, and, and uh, you, you are the, the ones uh, uh, keep keeping the flames. Ah, uh, of, that's of, my goal. Yes, at this point of, in my life, that's what I have to do. Keep the flame alive to recognize that this music is important and put it on a podcast and put it on a streaming platform. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks all the best. Yeah, I'm Nigel Campbell. He's Jack Schwartzbach. Bye-bye. Island Jazz Chat has been a production of Jazz in the Islands magazine powered by iradio.tt.